One woman, fraudster, daughter, wife, missing person. There are several words used to describe Melissa Caddick, but today there was only one deceased. The inquest into Melissa Caddick's disappearance has concluded with the coroner ruling the Sydney woman is in fact dead. You've been all over this. It's you love it. It's just a fascinating case. I think and the nation has so been. many people that have been heard in it, you know, to, to have the police go to her house um, and I guess potentially going to charge her. So many people lost her money, family and friends. Mm-hmm. And then for her to go missing and then what blew my mind is for a shoe to rock up with part of her foot in it. With, a, with her entire foot in it. Yes. Mm. So she... Was yep. it twenty three million or something? Mm-hmm. She had ripped off from yeah, family and friends. Yeah, mm. um, and that was the thing. You know, a lot of talk around. Did her foot get cut off to fake her death? Mm. Um, well, sixty minutes um, as Sunday, eight thirty, Channel Nine and Nine Now. Tom Steinfurt, morning. G'day, legends. You're covering all of this over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we've been following this for two and a half years now. What a drama it's been. And, you know, we thought that finally this might be the final chapter. The coroner had come in and said, okay, everyone sit down. Here's what happened. And, like, to to an extent that did happen yesterday in that the coroner finally said, I can confirm she's dead. Like, you know, for a little while there have been conspiracy theorists sitting there going, you know, she's off in the Bahamas uh, with, you know, one leg living the high life on on everyone's money. Mm. And the coroner basically said, nah, come on, guys, that's not realistic. She is dead. Let's just be upfront about that. But the interesting part is she then said, look, the main theory, of course, has been that she took her own life by um, jumping off the cliffs near her house. Mm. And and she said, I I can't, I've got no evidence to support that. So in no way could she make a finding that this was a suicide. And interestingly, she said, you know, she can't rule out the fact that there was foul play here, that someone else was involved, or intriguingly, that that her husband, Anthony Coletti, might have had something to do with it, his disappearance. Because they were very, I guess, scathing of uh, of him not being forthcoming or not being consistent with a lot of the information that he was giving police. He copped a huge whack yesterday. I mean, it was probably the, the strongest thing that the coroner had to say was that Anthony Coletti had effectively been involved in a cover-up. She said that he had been untruthful, effectively that he lied mm. uh, to investigators, to the inquest. And she said, I've got no idea why this bloke who's, you know, out there saying, uh, you know, what a tragedy it is that my, my wife has disappeared. But then you, you don't help the police officers that are trying to figure out what happened. And so, you know, there's been a lot of amusement around this guy since day dot. Why did he take so long to go to the cops? Uh, why has he not been forthcoming with the truth? Mm. And I think the coroner expressed a lot of that frustration yesterday. The only, the only one that well, he did say, that I, I think he's lying about a lot of things, but the one I did kind of agree with him was when he said that he thought that he had to wait 24 hours. Yeah, he didn't report it straight away. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is a common misconception that people need to yeah, know. You can report them that. missing straight away, you know, but I, I, I think that one holds some water. Yeah, I mean, he, he ended up taking 30 hours and, and the, he actually only went to the cops after he, she didn't turn up to court and the court called him and said, uh, hey, where is she? And he, he was like, oh, she's not here. And they said, have you gone to police? And he said, no, and they said, you probably should do that. And you went, okay. Right. Mm. And then he didn't want police to come over. He didn't want to go and see the police. Mm. And didn't he even yeah. apply for more access to the money and the money wasn't yeah. even his? Yeah, so the money dispute is kind of the interesting part uh, in terms of where this all goes now because Anthony, we, you know, they had this mansion at Dover Heights, which, you know, if anyone knows Sydney, it's in the you know, super ritzy eastern suburbs, $10 million place overlooking the harbour and, you know, he refused to move out. And this was owned by Melissa. These investors are out of pocket. They yeah. want some, you know, just a portion of their money back. He wouldn't move out. He said, no, stuff here. I'm staying here. I'm entitled to it. And they're like, 
mate, you, you haven't earned any money. Yeah. Like, you, you you do not deserve this place. There was a big fight to get him kicked out of there. They've sold that now, and the money is getting ready to be um, distributed to the investors that, that were screwed over in all of this. The, the interesting part now is what happens with, you know, Melissa also owned an apartment that her parents live in, and they're doing the same thing. They're refusing to move out oh. as well. Mm. And there, there's a big fight over what happens with that property too. So, look, that's sort of what we'll be looking at on, on 60 Minutes this weekend is, is what happens now in terms of these uh, victims who've lost, you know, for so many of them, their life savings. And the majority of them have family and friends of Melissa who are now sort of, you know, stuck in this years-long fight to try and just get some money back. So, you know, we've got some insights on the ways that they're going about it now, some pretty interesting methods they're going to try and unroll, unravel in the next few months to uh, to get some of their cash back. Can I ask about the foot? I didn't... Did the coroner... Well, did the coroner speak about it and say, hey, these wild thoughts of her cutting it off herself was not accurate? Like, was there more, I guess, spoken about from someone who... Knows what they're talking about. Like, like could a surgeon have to surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. No, Doctor Abby wasn't referenced uh, <laughs> in, um, in proceedings, but no, it was it was fascinating because you know, like you said at, at the start, people around the country are just captivated by this case, and it's kind of like one of those choose your own adventures. Everyone's got a theory about mm. what happened and, and how it all played out, and and the coroner interestingly addressed that. She said, you know, people have speculated this, people have speculated that. And, and this was one of the things that she kind of drilled down into. So they, they went into, you know, for people that don't remember it, it was about three or four months after Melissa disappeared and, you know, everyone was in between. She was on the run. This foot washed up you know, six hours south of Sydney. How on earth did a foot end up there? And so DNA has confirmed it was Melissa's foot. There's no doubt about that. And it was pretty badly decomposed. And what the coroner went into was, is it possible that she cut her own foot off to try and put people off the scent or, you know, had someone else help her or what happened. And she effectively said, look, it's just, it's a bit too fanciful because she said they had pathologists come in and and describe the kind of surgery that would be required to remove your leg at that point uh, and, and the recovery afterwards. And she said, basically, you couldn't do that without an extremely skilled surgeon and chances are you could die of blood loss or the resulting infection anyway. So mm. it, it was kind of beyond the realms that she would have cut off her own foot to uh, to try and uh, cover up for her own getaway. And, okay. and the other thing that the coroner said was, um, Melissa, for all her many, many, many faults, loved her son right. dearly. She's, she's got a young, young boy. And, and the fact that she's never been in contact with him since was also a, a real sign for the coroner that, you know, she wasn't off somewhere else. She, she is gone. That thing to remember too, as bad as the crimes and fraud and everything she did, you know, someone's mother has died here and, you know, that's a, that's a kid who's got to grow up, you know, the rest of their life knowing that. Yeah. Like I, I don't think Anthony Coletti with the way that he's behaved has emitted a lot of sympathy from the public. But at the end of the day, the, the one person I always kind of come back to in my mind is that poor boy who's just lost his mum. Well, Tom, um, 60 Minutes as 8.30, Channel 9, 9 now, covering this story uh, on Sunday. Thanks for your time this morning, buddy. Good on you guys. Cheers. Thanks.